0: Hi, welcome to An Unknown Adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann, and I finally decided to jump off the 24-7 work hamster wheel to go after my dreams. I will be downsizing from my 750-square-foot mansion to a 60-square-foot van in the summer of 2021. And I started this podcast to share that process with you. I'm hoping that it will add value to your life. And the podcast, kind of like life, is ever-evolving. The topics I will be covering are achieving your dreams, unconventional travel, and minimalism. In each episode, I'll either talk to you about my experiences or I'll interview someone else about one, two, or all three of these topics. So hang on to the roller coaster of life for your unknown adventure.
1: So my name is Jules. I run a digital agency called Ame, and it's 100% remote. I've been working remotely since 2017
0: or so, and I've been a digital nomad since then, then as well. And what does that mean to you? Like, are you traveling? Where are you in the world right now?
1: So right now I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia, but it's a little bit of a, you know, it's a little bit of a fluke. It's not where I planned to be. I was supposed to be in Italy right now. Yeah, but world circumstances led me to Charlottesville and I'm making the best of it. It's definitely been good from a business
0: building standpoint in
1: you know, a normal quote-unquote normal world. I would be traveling internationally.
0: Okay, and so what were you doing before the pandemic? That is that what you were doing? Yeah. So before the pan, right before the pandemic.
1: Okay. So my pandemic story, actually, let me let me dive into this because this is interesting. I had been going kind of up and down the eastern coast of the U, the U.S., and then I took a trip to Brazil for Carnival and sort of a week before I was meant to come back to the States. Everything hit the fan and I got my ticket changed, which was great, the airline was like very kind. They um, moved my ticket for free and I came back and it was the craziest trip I've ever taken. Like every single row was just, it was like one person to a row. They were giving everybody like VIP first class service. Um, it was like a little party on a plane. Like it's what you wish plane travel was. But obviously in this very kind of scary context of we didn't really even know what was happening yet. So that was my story of coming back to the U.S. And then when I get got back here, I had to find a place and I was lucky enough to have a friend who was renting and all of these things kind of fell into place. And I ended up in Charlottesville, Virginia.
0: Okay. And do you like it there?
1: I do. It's, it's beautiful here. And as far as like where you would want to be quarantined, I think that it's a pretty okay place because, you know, it's not a big city. It's up in the mountains. There's peach orchards, apple orchards. Very, very
0: beautiful. So I'm not complaining. That's cool. Okay. And where are you originally from?
1: I was born in Brazil and I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Um, but I kind of went back and forth throughout my childhood adolescence
0: and you speak Portuguese I
1: do yeah <laughs> Portuguese Spanish English wow. and German because I spent a year in Germany Wow German's <laughs> really hard German is really hard and I and I say that I speak it but I'm kind of scared that I probably have lost a lot of it but I still understand it so that's okay
0: yeah and like anything that that comes back if you practice it you know exactly yeah, yeah it's a muscle let's start with your origin story of, you know, what your dreams were and how long it took you to go after them.
1: Yeah, I've always had the travel bug. My family was pretty big into traveling. You know, we we traveled back to Brazil every year until I was around 10. And when we couldn't travel back to Brazil, we would take a trip somewhere else. So it was always kind of ingrained in my childhood and everything. The longest time that I went without traveling was actually college. And I spent three and a half years in college. And as soon as I graduated, I graduated a semester early. I was like, I'm done. I need to go, I need to travel, I need to be free. So I think less than a week after my graduation ceremony, I took my car and drove from Virginia where I had gone to college to California where my brother was. So I took this kind of Southern trip throughout the US. I hit Nashville, New Orleans, a few cities in Texas. drove over to california so that was an amazing experience and then i just wanted more and i wanted to go internationally so i went to brazil and started up at the top of brazil and just went down the coast using workaway, which is kind of like woofing if you've heard of woofing and you know trading my time for like hostel stays so i would work the front desk or i would work on some kind of construction project that they had and they would give me some nights for free and some people would give me breakfast which was the best always the best situation so it didn't take me long at all and then i was meant to kind of like come back and get a quote unquote real career or real job and there were some personal circumstances that didn't really allow for that. And it ended up being, I wouldn't call a blessing in disguise because it was a very hard moment in my life. But the the kind of silver lining was that I was able to start my agency and start copywriting online. So, it, you know, it, it had a good outcome.
0: And so you've basically like been on the road since then.
1: And I've yeah, I've been on the road since then. I mean, I never really stopped. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... That one, that first road trip, and then it was Brazil, and then it was Germany, and then it was back to Brazil. And, you know, then the pandemic hit, and I wasn't able to do the Italy, Thailand,
0: all of these things that I had planned. Yet. But I will. I will. (laughs) So how many years have you been traveling?
1: So three, three years up to the pandemic. And then, you know, it's been six months since then. So three and a half years of being a digital nomad and of, of living a, um, you know, remote lifestyle. Like if, if everything opened today, I could go anywhere in the world and still keep my life, my job pretty much the same.
0: And how do you keep a community? Yeah.
1: Facebook groups, (laughs) Facebook groups. I'm getting more into Instagram. I'm getting more into LinkedIn. Um, I would say, you know, social media, it, it does have this like scrolling quality where you, you can just sit there and not talk to anybody and just click on links all day. Um, but I learned pretty quickly that in order for me to feel connected and to grow, even in my business, that I needed to just start commenting and start connecting with people and DMing and doing all of that and kind of getting over my fear of just reaching out to people and being like, hey, I'm a digital nomad. You are too. Let's talk.
0: And are you able to meet up with people?
1: Yeah, I was. Um especially when I was living in Germany, I joined a tandem group, which I recommend if if you're if you're ever like living somewhere internationally um for a long time. A lot of countries have what they call tandem groups and it's kind of like you trade half an hour of your language for half an hour of someone else's language. And that was an amazing way to meet people where because everyone wants to learn English, you know. So, um I would spend 30 minutes Teaching them, you know, in quotes, teaching them because <laughs> a lot of people just already speak it, but they would practice their English with me and then they would teach me German, and that was an amazing trade.
0: Okay, that sounds great. What is it that you do work wise?
1: Yeah. So I started out as a copywriter and I still do a lot of copywriting, but I've moved to an agency model. So I partnered with a VA friend of mine who I met via Facebook. We talked about community and all of that. She was a person who just we connected during the pandemic, like right when it started and just got along really well, ended up on three projects together and said, you know what, like this looks like a good partnership. So we started an agency.
0: And w- and so what does the agency do exactly?
1: Yeah. So we get physicians online. So we work with, we're, we're broadening it a little bit, but mostly we work with physicians. We're willing to work with anyone who has a doctorate or a PhD, like a PhDs, CPAs, any kind of, you know, high level degree. And we work to get their information online with the ultimate goal of making the internet smarter. That's kind of our tagline. And we do that by making blog posts, by doing social media management and strategy, and by getting them into online publications that kind of reify their... Expertise and establish them as experts in their field and authorities in their field. Actually, we don't we don't work with anybody who's trying to stay in the medical field. Um, like they're not looking for patients. We are working with you know physician coaches, with physician speakers, physicians who are trying to do things that are related to medicine but a little tangential. Not so much in the healthcare field. More working with something else.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 And especially now, because, you know, it's hard to see patients and you only get paid a certain amount of money per patient and you can only fit in a certain amount of patients per day. Exactly. And a
1: lot of doctors are just burnt out. I mean, especially from this pandemic. So we're here to kind of either give them an alternative, like some doctors are like, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing medicine anymore. And we give them an alternative or just, you know, a side hustle, a passion project, something to work towards that makes them happy and we just do all of the digital stuff because you know we we're we're digital nomads we're required to be hooked up online and not everybody even enjoys this kind of remote work so we're working behind the scenes you know we're the little mice putting on you know doing the cinderella's gown kind of thing of getting everything together and giving them an online presence
0: and how many hours per day are you working i would say that it
1: you know, it varies. And I also have my own online presence to manage. So if I was only doing the work that pays me money, I would probably be working anywhere from three to five hours a day. But with everything that I do, you know, I ended up, I end up just being online the entire day. And I love it. I love it. I mean, half of my work doesn't feel like work. Obviously, there's the nitty gritty parts that you kind of have to do, you know, you have to do invoicing and you, have to do PowerPoints and things like that. But most of my work is just talking to people online and engaging and finding, you know, creating communities and teaching. So I
0: love that. That's cool. That sounds great. That sounds super fun. Let's touch a little bit on like how you went to Germany as an au pair. How I
1: got there? What
0: about it? Yeah, Yeah. Like, what did you decide first to look for an au pair job? Or did you decide first to go to Germany and then find an au pair job? Or how did that work?
1: Yeah. So I was in Brazil. It was kind of a sink or swim moment where I kind of looked around me and I didn't have, any, didn't have health insurance. I didn't have any income. I was, you know, I was doing work away and that keeps your costs really low, but eventually the money runs out and I kind of went, oh, Whoops, right? <laughs> and I went online looking for easy ways to to get to Europe. Um, I knew I wanted to go to Europe for sure. And I narrowed it down to, I think it was like Germany, Austria, and one other place because they have a requirement for healthcare for au pairs. And they just have basically, they just have more robust requirements. For how you treat au pairs and what au pairs need to earn and etc how you know how long they can work at the time I wanted to be a lawyer so I was also looking for somewhere where I could take the LSAT and I ended up with a family of lawyers where both of them were lawyers so (laughs) it all just kind of aligned yeah I bought a $400 ticket to Germany and lived my life there for a year it was magical and I loved it I participated in an English theater. I had a really great au pair kid and um, got to travel a lot, actually, because you get four weeks of required vacation.
0: So you found the job before you went?
1: Correct. Yeah, I was already talking to the family. We We had already signed some documents before I ever showed up in the country.
0: Okay. And then which, where in Germany?
1: I was in Frankfurt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: I was in Germany last year, and uh, I was only in Leipzig, Dresden, and Berlin, but I just fell in love, especially with Berlin. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but Berlin, you know, they say Berlin isn't Germany. (laughs) They they say Berlin is its own country, because it is very different from, I, I definitely had a lot of notions about germany that turned out to be incorrect you know and to be fair i went to the bank capital of not only germany but of europe right the eu but it was much more buttoned up much more conservative than i imagined it to be yeah
0: yeah yeah and i love how i love how everything's like super on time and clean and like organized i love that
1: I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it's but it's the direct opposite of Brazil, right? Cuz Brazil everyone's late, everyone's loose, we're all talking to each other all the time. And Germans, they it's the only place in the world where I've seen someone try to start a conversation inside of a nightclub, right? Like they'll they'll come up to you and even if the the music's blasting, they're going to ask you your name and what you do and you know, all of these what I think are very funny questions to ask at a nightclub. So it's it's a funny place. I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I equate it. I went from Italy to germany and and italy is is like brazil in in that way like the trains are never on time and not only that but the train you know it'll say this train is coming and then the train will show up and you'll be like oh this is this train no it's not it's a totally different train
1: yeah yeah you don't even know where you're going half the time (laughs) but i I love
0: italy too oh my goodness best food best people italy is
1: magical as well
0: yeah It is. It totally is. How did you find out about the tandem groups? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, how did I find out
0: about... Well, like, if somebody goes to a country and they want to look up a tandem group or get connected with? How, where do they look?
1: Yeah, you can literally just type in tandem on Facebook and you should be able to find it. I imagine that these other websites like Couchsurfing or whatever, that they also might host tandem groups. And this is what I always tell people, right? Is like, don't be afraid to put out the call yourself. Like you don't have to join a group who's already doing it, form a group. You know, If, if it doesn't exist, like obviously this means that you, you're there for a few months or weeks at least. But if it doesn't exist, like make it and see who shows up. There's Meet, Meetup is a really good app and that's a great place for you to put a call to people and again, like see, see who shows up, see who you connect with.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. And I was surprised with couch surfing Because when I first joined it, it was, like, really small and different. And now you can, you know, I put out a call on Couchsurfing, like, hey, I'm going to be in Europe this, you know, these weeks. And I got a bunch of responses. So, yeah, yeah.
1: And you have to be, I think you have to be careful, especially as, you know, a woman. I hate to say that, but it, it is true. You know, you do have to be careful and you have to lay out expectations beforehand but that with that being said, there's a lot of great people and it's all about trusting your intuition. Some of my some of my best friends came from couch surfing, so I can't complain.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, I was I, I did turn down all the men. Um I did <laughs> I did say, well I'm available to meet for coffee if you'd like. And then, you know, I would get ghosted or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. Just... But I, there was one woman that was really interesting and really nice. And so yeah. So, would you recommend workaway?
1: I would. I think it's 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 much the same thing where you have to go with your gut. You have to make sure that you know your rights. And I you know, this this is the the pre-law student in me, right? I never actually finished law, but Knowing what's legal and what you have a right to is so important beforehand um, and knowing your boundaries and what you're willing to take and what you're not willing to take and the the red flags and when you, you know, when you know how to leave, because it is very important to be gracious and it is very important to be open and start off on the right foot. At the same time, it's important to look out for your own back and know what's worth it to you. Right. You can politely decline. You can always politely decline.
0: Right. But did you come across, like, where you were in a situation that was bad and you had to leave? I don't think so. Not not in Workaway.
1: There there were definitely, you know, so something that, that's very popular on Workaway, at least in Brazil, is we're looking for an au pair. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, you're looking for an au pair because they probably just want to stay in the country and they don't know that there are all of these laws tied to, like, nannying and you know, they have to pay for your bus fare and you're this fare and you're that fare. And if they live in your house, you have to pay certain taxes on top of it and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, there's always going to be people who are using, you know, offers to travelers as ways to fill in the gaps for workers that they don't want to pay for, right? Or they don't want to respect certain laws that are made to protect the worker. And so, it's very important to just be aware of, you know, what are the laws as they apply to this country? And A, am I willing to live outside of the law, which that's, you know, which choice you make? And B, are these rules that they're setting out or are these expectations that they're setting out something that I'm willing to deal with, you know? So I said no to several things. I'll just say it that way. I'll leave it at that. Is that I said no to several of the things that I saw there. Like I didn't even apply. I didn't even look at them because you kind of start realizing who's in it because they love traveling and they love travel and they love hearing your stories and they want to connect with other people and who's in it because they just want cheap labor.
0: Right. Okay. And did you find your Au pair Germany job through Workaway?
1: No, I found it through AuPairWorld.com, which is a completely free site and, you know, same things, like you'll you'll notice very quickly who's putting work into it and Always ask to speak to a previous au pair, always ask them what their expectations are, what type of personalities they get along with, what are their ground rules, all of that. I think it's very important to have a match, especially if you're going to go for a full year like I did. Um, it's very important to have a strong match.
0: Yeah. And did did you decide, this is just an aside question, but did you decide not to become a lawyer after you talked to the two lawyers? Yeah, I I was still interested in law. <laughs> I was still interested in law for
1: sure, but it, it was a really interesting look behind the curtain and knowing what type of lifestyle it entails, especially when it came to parenting was very interesting. But it's also where I began my love for entrepreneurship. So, you know, that was kind of where it started was the mom worked at a law firm, which I knew after seeing what her life was like, I knew for a fact I didn't want to do that. And the dad had started his own practice. And so I was more interested in in that because he was working, you know, you know, for for all intents and purposes, he was working remotely. Like he didn't have to work from his house. He was working there because he had a kid, you know, but if he didn't have a child, if he didn't have a wife, he could have been working from anywhere and, and it would have been fine. So I kind of, he was one of my first, I would say mentors, first people that I looked up to in terms of creating an online business and he gave me a lot of great tips about entrepreneurship and how do you approach people and how do you land a client so that was really fruitful
0: yeah that sounds great Mm -hmm. okay so I I did want to ask you about your travel hacks that you've mentioned like what is what's that about
1: yeah travel hacking so I mean it can be anything from you know work away and couch surfing which I think counts as a travel hack in and of itself um participating in um hitchhiker groups That was always a lot of fun for me, yeah. So you don't do the hitchhiker thing where you like stand on the side of the road and put your thumb out anymore. But you can join Facebook hitchhiking groups where people will be like, hey, I'm going to this city. Like, is anybody coming with? And you kind of get on and you split the cost of gas and it's really, really fun. And then there's more, you know, what people usually think of as travel hacking, which is using credit cards to pay off your expenses. And then you either get money back or you get more money to travel with these credit cards, paying for Airbnbs that way. Another great travel hack that I love is trading something that you're good at for Airbnb. So if, you know, you go on a listing and you notice, oh, like, they could use some better photos or they could use better copy for this, right? I'm a copywriter. So that would be my hack. You can always reach out to them, you know, send them a message and say, hey, you know, I can't afford your rate, but if I do this, this and this, could you give me half off or, you know, even a free night? So those are all kind of like tips and tricks that I, that I picked up along the way for making travel cheap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Now, what what percentage do you stay in an Airbnb or do couch surfing or like, is it just dependent on your finances or? Yeah, I think it depends
1: so much. So I would say that I it's definitely changed as I got, you know, as I've gotten more money, <laughs> like I'm, I'm a little bit more willing to spend on an Airbnb or a hotel or whatever. But especially when I was in au pair, you know, I was making like 200 euros a month, which is nothing. And so I would plan my travel around where could I stay for free. And I would just start talking to people on couch surfing, you know, months before I would even be planning to go somewhere. I would just be talking to them, seeing who I was connecting with. And if I could host them, I would host them. And if not, I, you know, would would at least meet up with them for coffee if it came through. And then you know it's all okay. Well, all of a sudden I have a friend who lives in Greece, right? And I have a friend who lives in Italy. Amazing! And ended up getting really wonderful experiences out of that.
0: That's great. That's a good idea. I think a lot of people, you know, it it depends on uh, so many things. Like, do you you know how much time do you want to spend, or how much time can you spend on that?
1: Yeah, and it's a trade, you know. I like I I think that's a great point. When I was in au pair I had so much free time, right? Like the the little girl I took care of was in school for eight hours a day. So I had all of this time to just be on the internet, talking to people, whatever. Now that I'm a business owner, I still think that there's room for that. I think I would probably just talk to my network a little bit more, you know, hey, do you know somebody who lives here? Do you know someone who lives there? Um, do it that way. But it, it's still, you know, it's still a valid way. I mean, I, I like meeting new people. And that's the other thing is that you can't just do it because it's cheap, right? If you're doing it because it's cheap, save up for six months you know what i mean (laughs) like if you don't like people or if you're not interested in different cultures and and you know also the kind of adventure and ups and downs of couch surfing or, or travel hacking then don't do it like save up right like that You don't have to go right now. You especially don't have to go right now now. But no matter when you're listening to this, if we're in a pandemic or not, you don't have to go at this exact moment. Right. Like save up and then see what happens.
0: Yeah. And I think people like like knowing what kind of traveler you are is really important. And I and I don't know if everybody knows what kind of traveler they are. So like how adaptable are you? You know, do you have a bad back that you can't sleep on somebody's couch? Can you live out of a suitcase? Do you have to have a shower every day? You know, there's (laughs) there's all these things. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And it's just knowing your priorities and knowing, you know, what's going on with you. I have a really good friend who's a digital nomad, and um, she runs uh, a blog, and she says, you know, have $5,000. Like, if you have $5,000, then that's that means that you're actually making choices about how you travel. If you have less than that, then it's not really a choice. It's, you know, you're doing this, like, weighing the options, seeing what's going on. And, and you're being pushed in certain directions. But if you have kind of a baseline and you know that you can always buy a ticket home, then cool. Then it becomes an adventure. Then it becomes a pleasant kind of exploration.
0: Yeah, I like that. I saw that in that you had mentioned that. And 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 by that you're meaning five thousand uh, dollars like like in a savings account. Yeah. Like that's sure yeah, like yeah. Five
1: thousand dollars in a savings account that you could pull at any time. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's important. So what are the responses that you get from other people?
1: I think that it, it's usually very positive. Like it it either, you know, it goes from either, oh, I I could never do that, but they still kind of respect it or, oh, wow, teach me how, you know, and I've got so many teach me how responses that I ended up with my Instagram and I talk about it a lot. I talk more about my business right now and working remotely and making connections remotely, but Eventually, once I start traveling again, I hope to start talking about my, you know, how I do the whole travel thing.
0: Yeah. So I was just talking today with a friend about, you know, he said something interesting. I asked to interview him. He moved to Europe. And he said, well, I don't want to encourage people to, uh, Americans to come to Europe. And I said to him, you know, either somebody is going to do something. There are people that are doers, And and we have an idea and we do it, especially with travel. And then there's people that have the fantasy about it and the regret that they never did it, but they still don't move forward.
1: Yeah, they still never do it.
0: So are you finding with people that are asking you the questions, are they actually doing them?
1: In terms of traveling or in terms of starting their own thing? In terms of traveling, I mean, I'm glad that they're not doing it. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of people who were already doing it before they met me, you know, and will connect and, and I'll trade ideas with them. And they definitely are the people who take it the most. Yeah, the people who are already doing it are the ones who benefit the most from the tips and tricks. I, I do think that it's very easy to get into this, like, researcher mode where you think, like, oh, I need to research this and research this and learn all about it and gather all the information. But you're never going to have all the information, you know, like, you might hear something that's really helpful. And I think that it's good to be prepared, but at some point you just need to do it. You know, you just, you just need to bite the bullet and, and go because you again you'll you'll never have every single piece of information you'll never feel ready
0: yeah like like they say that about having a kid if you're just going to keep putting it off like till i have the, enough money you know forget about it you're never going to do it
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause I think that it's nice to have just like a goal of, okay, I will do it numerically six months from now. I will do it when I have $5,000 in my bank account, or I will do it whenever. Like, I think it's nice to have that goal just so that when you get there, it's kind of like that ledge where it's like, okay, you have it. Now what? If you're coming up with another excuse, every time you come up to that ledge, you don't want it. You're just, you know, you, you don't actually want to do it. You're just putting it off and putting it off. So Yeah, I don't know. I'm very strict with myself of being like, okay, you know, three months from now, this is where I want to be. And if I'm not there, then that's not a goal anymore.
0: That's great. That's great. And you don't put yourself down like moving forward instead of beating yourself up.
1: You know, because the way that I look at it, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. Like, (laughs) I, and maybe that's just my personality, is if I'm dragging my feet on something, if I'm not taking the plunge on something, then. Okay, maybe maybe it was what I wanted three months ago, but if it gets to that three month mark and I and I'm not budging, then I don't want it, you know, and and it's just not aligned with me, and so I put I put that away. And if it comes back to me again later on, you know, I'll make another three month timer and you know let's try to do it, but I don't try to hold on too hard of to the image of who I think that I am because it's it's never who I end up being, right? <laughs> like <laughs> when I started college. I started as a pre-med chemistry major, and I graduated as a gender major and a chemistry minor, right? And and now I don't do anything even related to that. Now I work as a copywriter. Um, I just let life take me where it takes me.
0: That's great. Yeah. I, wish, I love it. I wish more people would do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I you know and and i'm i'm saying this as you know i'm i don't have any kids and i don't have any debt and i don't have so many of these responsibilities that people you know i just bought a car and as soon as i bought it i felt that weight of like okay now i have a car you know and i had to be like okay but What is, you know, I had to detach myself from it and be like, okay, but if it breaks down, we're not going to pour money into it, you know, because that's, that's not what's going to bring you happiness. Like, or if you don't need it anymore, just sell it, right? Like these kinds of, of aspects, but I don't know. I'm also just not, I'm just not attached. And so I realized that I'm coming from a very different place than a lot of people come from.
0: And how did you get that way? Were you always
1: that way? I think so. (laughs) I think, I think a, a lot of time, Yeah. I think that I had a very distinct moment in college where I was killing myself trying to get this degree that in, at the end of the day, I just wasn't for me. And I had this very distinct moment of, okay, well, instead of taking 15 credits of chemistry and then trying to shove in five more credits and overload your schedule because you want to do gender studies, why don't you just take 15 credits of gender studies? You know, And that ended up being pivotal for me where as soon as I dropped this idea of like I have to be a chemistry major, it was like, no, I can just take classes that I like, graduate in what I like, meet the people that I want to meet with. Like the people in that program are the people that I still talk to, whether they're professors or students, right? They're the people who are the most connected to me. And so I think that I had this breaking point that was very important of if you're not doing what you want to do, you're trying to shove in those pleasures in any way possible. And you're trying to juggle the responsibility with the pleasure you know you're you're trying to you're trying to get it all all of the time but if you don't make space in your schedule for the things that you want to do then you're not going to do either one well right so I think that that's just kind of how I try to live my life now is constantly in alignment constantly you know my my 15 credits if you can call it that are always going to be the main things that I want to do
0: it's good that you you've learned at your age <laughs> I'm still learning that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what would you tell others that are like aspiring to either travel or live their dreams or be a minimalist?
1: Talk to people. Talk to as many people as you possibly can. I know like I'm extroverted, so it's easy for me to say that. But even if you can make, you know, one or two connections, and this is, I think, I think that this is even more true nowadays, now that everybody is online, like people for the most part are really, really open and they're, they're really, really kind and they want to talk to you. And I think that we have it in our heads that we're bothering people that if we're messaging, we're being creepy and we're being weird and oh my gosh, what do I say? And you know, something is as easy as just like, Hey, I really like this photo that you post or, you know, people will come on my account every day and say, I really admire how open you are about your business. And I'm never, you know, that, that never bothers me. I always respond. So, yeah, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or couch surfing or whatever, if you see someone who's doing something that you're interested in, comment on it, you know, say something about it, connect with people, because that's the only way that you're, A, like, you need a support system to do anything in life, whether it's travel or otherwise, and B, it's only by talking to people that you're going to learn the ins and outs and the realities, because you can read a thousand blog posts, but people aren't really sharing the full experience, you know? on those blog posts on these podcasts like this is more or less like edited stuff having a conversation with them and being able to dialogue with them and ask questions and say oh you know oh that's interesting tell me more about that that's where you're really going to get the information that you want
0: totally yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I I really like focusing on or mentioning that it's important to respond to people because I have reached out to people who have just ghosted me and never, I mean, ghosted is the wrong word because they never responded in the first place. So, but I take it personally. I'm like, well, if you don't have time to respond to people that are following you, then I'm not going to follow you anymore.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that this whole like influencer, I'm too good for you crap is just, (laughs) it's exactly that it's crap. And I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. You know, if, if, if you're getting to a point where you have so many followers that you don't, that you're losing sight of why you started it to begin with, which was to connect to people and to, you know, have genuine conversations then right like why 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 would you do that why would you keep keep on going so yeah i try to keep so i always keep fridays from 4 p.m to 5 p.m est i always just i have a a whereby link which is kind of like zoom that i just leave up on my instagram and i say you know hey guys like if you want to hang out four to five i'm always going to be online and i'm always going to be willing to answer any questions or talk about anything if you just want to vent like come on by so I love it
0: wow that's super awesome I love that and then you've put the time aside that you have so you're not resentful you're not taking time out of your work day
1: exactly Exactly. it's like it's like budgeting you know I'm like I'm I'm really into financial coaching and stuff like that so I look at it from that standpoint where if if you know in advance that you're gonna spend fifty bucks and you put that away and then you spend the fifty dollars, you're gonna be like, yeah, this is what I saved up for, right? Like this is worth it to me and I like it. Whereas if you just go out one day and you you know had a splurge randomly, then you're gonna have buyer's remorse. Then you're gonna feel resentful, like, oh, my gosh, why did this friend ask me to come to this restaurant when they know that blah, 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 right? Like, and it's exactly the same thing with time, exactly like what you're saying, which is if you set aside that time and you reserve it and you put it in your calendar, then you're never going to be resentful of it.
0: Yeah. And you're always going to be there. You know, you're going to know. You're always going to be there. And you're always pushing yourself towards
1: new opportunities because it's way too easy to say I don't have time for that and just having it blocked out in my calendar of like this is when I meet people this is when I talk to people this is when I field questions pushes me to always be connecting you know like it, it pushes me to never I, I don't have this excuse of like oh, I just I don't have the time to send my calendly link or you know I like do that back and forth where we try to find a time like no like I, I, I understand that not everybody's going to be able to make it that hour, but it is the hour that I have and, and I do connect with a lot of people that way.
0: Right, exactly. And you're doing what you can and you know, and they can choose to work around that time or not, right? Yeah. Exactly. And my yeah. thing is like I so I'm also an author and um and I have a pen name and I get a lot not a lot of responses, but I get responses and I do a, and there's a lot of social media. Uh, Facebook stuff going on with that and I don't like doing it so I just hired somebody you know I mean not just I hired somebody several years ago but I hired a VA and she does you know so if you can't do it or you don't like to do it freaking hire somebody else to do it oh my gosh yeah yeah and
1: it's the best because the people that you hire don't have the emotional reaction that you're gonna have right like I have a client who hired a VA three months ago and she was like thank god for this VA because she can screen it and you know if it's something negative then she can give a very very tailored neutral response that I would never be like, I would be sitting there for two hours fuming before I could even write a coherent sentence. So it's it's the emotional part. It's not just the time part, but it's also that, you know, it's just saving you on so many angles.
0: That's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought of the emotional part. That's really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, because
1: how many times do you read like a, you know, a nasty comment and you're just like, oh, right. Like so taken aback right. by it. Why would someone take the time out of their day to write that?
0: Or read or a negative Negative review, like obviously I get negative reviews on my books, but I just don't read my reviews. I have several different pen names, and one of them is an erotica pen name, and I wrote, you know, whatever I write, you know, they're short stories. And somebody wrote, there's just too much weird sex in here. And I was like, that's the best review ever. <laughs> like that's the whole point (laughs) so funny so we talked about what type of unconventional traveler you are can you just touch on like the challenges
1: of traveling yeah I like the challenges. I think that the challenges are the fun part. You know, if if I if I wanted everything to be hunky dory all the time, I would pay the money to go to a resort and I would sit there at the pool and drink my mimosa, <laughs> and everything would be great. I've been in a few sticky situations. You know, I mm, <laughs> I got an Airbnb in. Brazil, this is a total, they would call it a gringo thing, right? Um, I got an Airbnb in Brazil that was in a favela, like one of the the slums in Brazil, and there was literal, like, crossfire. Like, we could hear the guns going off. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, those aren't things that I'm particularly proud of, but they are stories to tell, and they are perspectives on life that I wouldn't otherwise have. And I'm I'm not telling anyone to put themselves in danger. Don't do that. But, you know, it, it is fairly interesting to see the things that are going on it's very easy to stay in a bubble especially when you're from the U.S. and especially when you you know if you even have enough money or enough freedom to think about traveling and think about doing travel as a lifestyle it's such a huge huge privilege and it's very easy to stay in these little bubbles of you know oh everything's rosy and beautiful and music and happiness but I think that the challenges are also important, the, you know, seeing things that you wouldn't necessarily want to see, seeing the suffering, you know, seeing Greece had a, a ridiculous economic downturn and seeing the effects of that 10 years later. That was insane, you know, and I think that that can be very challenging, especially when you don't know what to do with it. But I think that it does, I you know, I think that it's it's part of what makes traveling so I don't know what word to use, but it's what makes traveling so expansive. It's what makes traveling so important, right? Is being willing and able to do that. Because if you're traveling, you know, from from one shopping plaza to the next shopping plaza, you might might as well stay home. (laughs) That's my opinion. Maybe it's a little bit harsh, but every single city has the same shopping plaza with the same Zara and H and M and blah blah blah. You know, like. you're going to see it regardless, you know, the Starbucks of the world. But if you're just hopping and you can enjoy Starbucks, you can go to Starbucks, whatever. But if you're if that's all you're doing is hopping from one safe spot to the next. I, I don't really I don't really see the point of leaving your house. you know.
0: I totally agree with you. When I was in China, the friend that I was with was like, let's go to Starbucks. And I'm like, no, no, let's not. But it's uh, eh, no, but it's home. You then go home yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and, I, and you know and I and I get having those like little pleasures where you're like okay I need to do this in order to not feel homesick but it's it's the it's the every day of it right it's the it's the wake up every day and follow your same exact routine where you're just going from Starbucks to McDonald's to <laughs> to you know like I don't know there, there's like a, a ton of chilies or whatever T T J F is everywhere now right like like, you could do that. You could do that. You could live the, the same exact life that you have in the U.S. You could do that every day in a different country. But why? <laughs> you know, just so you can see the difference in, like, the, the menus, the burgers that they serve in one place versus the next. Like, I, I think that that loses it. For me, it just loses its intrigue very fast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So what is your, like... When you had like the smallest budget for traveling, what what were you able to travel on?
1: I was, when I lived in, when I lived in Europe, I think I had, I want to say I had like 1500 saved up and then I was making 200 euros a month. And yeah, I was able to travel a lot on that. I mean, I went to Denmark twice. I went to um, Berlin and a ton of cities within Germany I went to Spain I went to Greece I just Belgium I don't know a ton of places Amsterdam so that was the smallest budget I ever had and simultaneously the most that I traveled yeah wow. and that was a lot a lot of couch surfing that was a lot of if I'm going to be honest, it was a lot of um, people in their 30s offering to buy me a coffee, you know, like (laughs) it was a lot of of going to meetups and and people saying, oh, you know, this is five euros, like I'll buy your drink, don't worry about it. So I was very fortunate. And And that again, it comes from being extroverted and it comes from wanting to form relationships. And at the end of the day, you know, five euros might be nothing for somebody who's stable and working, right? Five euros would be nothing to me today. But back then, you know, it, it was a significant portion of my of my salary, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, I, that that was it.
0: So, what would your ideal be? Like, not not an extravagant budget, but like an ideal budget.
1: You know, I would say with a thousand dollars a month, depending on on where I was living, I could do pretty well because I I enjoy house sitting and I enjoy couch surfing and I enjoy work away like I enjoy that type of stuff and it's that it's the the challenges and and all of that that kind of make it for me and make it interesting for me so I would say a thousand dollars a month I would feel pretty comfortable and again like having five thousand dollars in savings is ideal
0: yeah Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my sister last week about, because I'm I'm moving into a van in nine months and doing, yeah, and I'm doing van life around the U.S. and then I'm moving to Europe and then I'm hoping to travel around Europe to kind of figure out where I want to land, if I want to land, but, and I'm, you know, pretty gung-ho about Portugal, but I've never been there, so I've been to many places, but not Portugal, but anyway, my sister was like, well, You know, because her and I live on a similar budget, and she's very budget oriented and she's super good with money, always has been. Mm -hmm. And she's an extensive Mm -hmm. traveler, lived in Europe 25 years. And so she said to me, Well, on the amount of money that you're talking about, you can live somewhere, but you can't travel on it. Mm -hmm. And it's way more than the amount you just said. So I was like, No. (laughs) no it's just
1: different styles of travel it's just different styles of travel that's it you know if you want to stay in a five-star hotel every day yeah (laughs) you're not going to make it on a thousand bucks but if you're willing to have some flexibility
0: right yeah right yeah no I totally agree
1: my dream I oh my gosh I want to convert my car so bad oh you could what do you have I well that's the thing is that I was 2006 Chevy Impala that has uh, yeah, it has 170,000 miles on it. So I'm not trying to break down. I'm not trying to break down in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like holding off. But honestly, it's like it's this close.
0: Well, and the problem with converting a car like that is it's it's actually expensive and time consuming consuming to convert it. So then if you've done all that work and then you're going to be and it breaks down, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to spend all this money to put in a new engine or whatever.
1: yeah at that point you're saving like your home. <laughs> right. It's a it's a very different situation. Yeah. And I'm very much about and this is a, I think also a good point is like if you're traveling on a minimalist budget, don't put yourself in situations that are going to give you maximum risk, right? Like <laughs> which is why I think I'm I'm holding off on this whole car idea until I can actually buy a car that would sustain a trip like that.
0: Exactly. Or buy like my cousin bought a minivan and yeah. she's converting her minivan and luckily, she was able to sell her car and pay for the minivan. But a lot of people, you know, for my van, I'm going to be doing monthly payments. Mm. But it's still cheaper than my rent here, like yeah. significantly. Yeah. What are you doing for internet? I'm praying. No, um, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Um, so I have my, my phone is a hotspot. I found this like a uh, uh, indie no not an Indiegogo what is the other one whatever where they were they were selling a modem for like hundred fifty dollars so I actually bought it I haven't gotten it yet I don't know if it's gonna work and then um, maybe like the uh, Wii Boost. but yeah. but I'm talking to people and I'm researching it more and I don't have anything completely set and I'm a I'm a video game player. So I want to be able to game well and and I game with my best friend so (laughs) online so I want to be able to like you know this is my my goal is like I've got to be able to game in the van it's ridiculous but (laughs) I'm like oh, (laughs) so we'll see.
1: I think that would be my my big thing too. I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the, I can't even talk about it too much because I start to like want it so bad.
0: Well, <laughs> and the other thing is there's a lot of people that are doing it and they will have reviews of different campsites or different areas that have internet or don't have internet. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So you can work around it or let's say you find some place that you like but it, there's no internet then you have, you know, you would drive down to whatever the city or the town every day.
1: Yeah, and find a spot. There's stuff everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) so yeah oh you can always find one yeah yeah and I'm also trying to figure out you know like going back to the whole remote work thing like I'm You know, if I wanted to say, you know, I only take calls on Mondays and Tuesdays, I could do that and then just plan around. Okay, Monday and Tuesday, I have to be in an Airbnb, but every other day I could do whatever I want.
0: So. Yeah, totally. You could totally do that. And then people are, you know, will send their vans to Europe or the woman that I talked to yesterday is building her van in Europe. So, you know, there's I feel like there's a lot of options right now.
1: There are. yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It would be so fun. So let's – I know.
0: I know. I'm so excited. cannot wait. I'm like, I'm like itchy. I'm like, want it to be tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) Or let's just touch a little bit on minimalism. What's, like, your overall – like, how are you dealing with it? How did you move toward it? And what do you think about it?
1: Yeah. I moved – so I moved – three times internationally within two years right so <laughs> there there wasn't really room I went to Germany with like every single bag like filled to the maximum like literally just like dropping things on the floor because I had so much stuff you know and first off I got to Germany and I I'd lost half of my things because I was literally like drop it. Yeah, I was literally dropping them or they weren't hitting the right limits, you know, like it, it was going over the limit of the airport and so I had to throw a bunch of stuff away anyways. I just, this huge hassle and I had to like sit down and have a chat with myself and say, okay, like, would you rather just travel easier or would you rather have all this stuff? Because if you want to have all this stuff, you're not going to be traveling anymore. The way that I cleared out my stuff is I sat down and I wrote a list of all the things that I could remember having. And anything that wasn't on the list that I could remember, I donated or I got rid of somehow, you know? So it was a type of thing where, like, I had to just... And then I started doing this opposite thing where I would write down a bunch of stuff that I liked And that I remembered and that I held very dear to me and started giving those things away. So that was kind of my second step was to be like, okay, can I get rid of things that I actually really like? And once I got rid of things that I really liked, and once I saw that, you know, I could live that way, oh my gosh, everything just became so much easier. You know, like everything, everything, everything. I became so much more flexible. I became more willing to, you know, to say thank you so much for this gift, but I'm really not going to use it. Right. Like, these kinds of boundary setting things, realizing, you know, and people will talk about all the time, like realizing what's really important in life, realizing what you have time for, et cetera. But I don't know, for, for me, it was it was also just being able to pinpoint exactly what was important to me. And the things that were the most important to me were like heirlooms, you know, letters, things that were like families and relationship stuff. So yeah, that was kind of a little bit about my experience with it.
0: And so do you have stuff like that that you keep in like a storage? At somebody's house that you don't travel with?
1: Yeah, I have like a small box. It's like it's like I at this point I think that it's basically a shoebox of just yeah, of just things that are really meaningful to me. You know, my mom passed away two years ago. I keep her paintings. My grandma gave me a charm bracelet that her grandma had given given her. So just these little things that really have stories behind them. And you know, I'm I'm a storyteller through and through like as a job and and as a person so I think that that history um really speaks to me and I like I like keeping it
0: and where do you keep that shoebox
1: right now it's at my partner's house (laughs) yeah right now it's at my partner's house but it's lived for a long time it lived at my ex's mother's house (laughs) so (laughs) that was a whole thing
0: but you don't travel with it
1: I don't travel with it, but I've had to move it around a few times, and yeah, would probably continue to do so. I, I could probably just get a storage unit somewhere and, and put it there. But so far, people have been very—you know—it doesn't take up a lot of space. That's the other thing. Uh, you know, I'm not asking them to keep a mattress for me. I'm asking them to keep some very small valuable things.
0: Right. Yeah. No. It sounds like very. It sounds like a storage space. Like, what would you get? Like a, you know two by yeah, two by actually, four they like don't, I
1: don't even, they don't sell it that small so and I would hate for something to happen with it, you know so I try to keep it with people who I know will take care of it
0: right right that's great that's that's I love it I love hearing that yeah I think that a lot of people when they go to make a transition like this that's you know their stuff stops them yeah
1: yeah well because it, it, I mean it to be fair, it takes so much time to like sell stuff online and you have to deal with all of this crap. And I don't know. I think that's also the, the beauty of just having like, what is your minimum number that you're willing to travel with? Like, is it $5,000? Is it $10,000? Is it whatever amount of money? Because then And you don't and saying, well, I could get $50 for this desk, and I could get $100 for this mattress, and I could get this, this for this, right? Like, then you you get to the point where you're like, well, I have my money. And if it's just the stuff that's stopping me, then I can give it away, right? I really, really, really believe in the importance of, you know, um, at least like a baseline of financial confidence, right? Even if it's not financial independence, even if You're still working while you're on the road or you still need to be thrifty. Just having a baseline of a baseline financial where you can make, again, choices and decisions rather than fear-based reactions.
0: Yeah. No, totally. I agree. I'm I'm starting because I'm not leaving for nine months and I'm already giving things away and selling things. Yeah. Like now. So that now, like today. (laughs) Yeah. Like today, yesterday. I mean, two people are coming by today. And just so that I don't have that fear. Of, like, oh my God, I'm leaving in a month and I've got all this stuff. What do I do? You know, like, no. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Start early, start often. I think that people should do it even if they don't travel. Like,
0: (laughs) totally agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, we have so much stuff just in our
0: lives. It's crazy. Yeah. We totally do. Okay. Thank you. So, okay. So, tell. So, is is there anything else that you want to say that I didn't ask? No. I think that
1: this is a great conversation.
0: And where can people find you? I'll put your link, your Instagram link. But um, do you want to say what what it is?
1: Yeah, the best way to find me is my Instagram, Jules on Tap. I'm also on LinkedIn, Jules Costa and Facebook with the same name. So I'm super open. I'm really willing to answer any questions. And I love making connections.
0: If your present day self could give your 10-year-old self, when you were 10 years old, one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh, okay, let me think back to what I was
1: like when I was ten years old. Yeah. I don't I don't quite know how to formulate this, but I would say no know, know who's important to you. You know, no know, know who you're trying to please because you can't please everybody.
0: Okay, I like that. That's good. <laughs>
1: That's what I would say. Okay.
0: I like it. That's good. All right. Well, thank you. This was great. I'm super excited. Yeah, thanks so much, really <gasps> going to post about your van adventures. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's why I started all this. So so my my website is an unknown adventure and that's my Instagram and that's this name of this podcast. And so the reason that I started like the podcast and everything else was to document my journey there. Like what what I'm going through to get there because I yeah. think that'll help people that are like, "Oh." I think that too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cuz a lot of people only post about what they do. Once they're already on the
0: road. Exactly. And it's like, I want to give people like a a kind of like a look behind the curtain. Like, you know, is it hard? Is it easy? What are you going through? What are you dealing with? You know, whatever. And then, yeah. So, and then once I'm on the road, then it'll just continue with the same. I
1: love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so... ah. I'm so excited for you. I'm going to live vicariously through
0: you. Well, thank <laughs> so. you, because right now I'm living vicariously through you. So because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just working. I'm like doing my, you know, my day job. And uh, I do not want to be working anymore, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm are you going
1: to like stop working in nine months? Or are you going to do?
0: Yeah, I'm going to stop doing acupuncture in nine months, but I'm going to keep writing and publishing. And, mar- you know, I do my own marketing, too. So, yeah, I'll keep doing that. I, I just I love writing novels. And I moved into I was writing romance. Paranormal romance was like my big niche. And now I'm moving. I've moved into like a dystopian urban fantasy without romance, which I prefer. Mm-hmm. So I
1: love it. But- where do you where do you publish?
0: amazon barnes and noble you know self-published so it's mostly amazon but apple barnes and noble kobo and google play or whatever whatever it's called google whatever yeah awesome (laughs) yeah i have yeah i have like four different pen names now so that's interesting my first one i started my um, paranormal romance i started the pen name because i didn't want my mom to read my books because mm-hmm. they were sexy. And then when I wrote my first book for The Dystopian, she was like, Can I finally read a book? And so I sent it to her. And she's like, Oh, I love it. So, yeah. So that made her happy. So <laughs> I love just, it. Uh, that's weird. so cute. Yeah. I want to get there someday. Someday. That's like a project to
1: write. Book publishing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I published one book for one client and I was like, This isn't going to happen again for 10 years. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> so much work. It's a lot of work.
0: It's a lot of work, but you know what? You It's like the wheel. Once you build it, it rolls. and Yeah. yeah it's just totally, it. yeah. You just
1: get to go. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, have a great really day. You. you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is also highly appreciated. You can find me and more information about AUA on anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes, including links to everything we talked about today. But if you have any questions or just want to say hi, please do reach out to me on Instagram or my website. And my Instagram is also adventure. Your adventure awaits, and I'll be looking for you on your personal road of dreams.